What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy football day, sort of. The preseason week one has begun. Of course, we had the Hall of Fame game last week, but we actually got felt what felt like 65 preseason games going on on Thursday night. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I'm joined on this Friday morning for you, Thursday night for everybody else, by John Breach and Ryan Wilson. Before we get to that daring duo of stuff and things, uh, I will remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can rate and review it. All nice comments are appreciated. All five stars are, are great. You can so you can join our Pick Six Podcast Pick'em League. Say that five times fast at Pick Six Pod dot And if you do that, there will be prizes. You can win prizes. John and Ryan, you are eligible as well. Actually, Ryan, you are not. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I thought you were going to say John and Ryan are the prizes, and I was going to be a little creeped out. One of the prizes is actually coming on this podcast for a few minutes. Apparently, that's a that's a uh, that's a marketing decided. So that's kind of exciting. But people also get a uh, a free. Wait fantasy a second, what league. does that mean? One of the prizes is coming on the podcast. You get to come on and explain how you won the league. Oh, that is one of the prizes. I thought you meant one of the prizes you might receive is going to make a guest appearance, and you weren't telling us who it was. No, 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 no. Whoever wins the league can come on and uh, talk to me for three minutes. Talk about taking an L for a prize. Wait, so so if I sign up my eight-year-old nephew and he wins this, he gets to come on the podcast? Sure, absolutely. All right, this is amazing. He has to subscribe to the podcast, though. Uh, the kid loves podcasts. He probably already subscribes. I, I Not for nothing, but uh, marketing might want to revisit this. <laughs> this mar- uh, DJ marketing's the man. He's good. At, he's good. At, he's good at his job. And but again, like you get a free fantasy league, which we take for granted because we work for CBS. But these things cost like 150 bucks. It's the best commissioner product out there. Use it to sign up for your fantasy league for the 2018 season, and um, you could also watch. Me, John, and uh, Ryan on CBS Sports HQ, the sports fan's ultimate insider guide to everything that's going on. No frills, just sports. I'm not sure that's the tagline. I'll probably get in trouble for that, but that's fine. So let's dive into the preseason. Speaking of sports that were fun, the Browns were fun. Ryan, the Browns were fun. Dude, I wish if I had a, um, any sound effects, I would, I would bang a siren and make some loud noises because the Browns look like a, an exciting team. Yeah, I, I want to temper my enthusiasm for this Browns team, but it's sort of hard to. So the first uh, episode of Hard Knocks came out, and it's hard not to also compare Baker Mayfield to Johnny Manziel just because they're both first-round picks. They're both Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, they both played in uh, what conferences they play in? What's that, Texas A&M uh, well, and Oklahoma? Well, technically, Johnny, Johnny Manziel was in the SEC. But. Oh, well, they're out, right. So they're out west is right my there. point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, big-time college players came in smallish. But I feel like after watching just uh, you know three three and a half quarters of, of of Baker Mayfield, he is a completely different player. He's more polished. He's more accurate. He certainly has his head head on straight. He he's, he says and does all the right things. Where Manziel struggled to do that off the field before the season started. And I feel like it was his first preseason game where he gave the double bird to the Redskins. It, it was early right? on. Right. It was early on in his preseason career. Was, he was he's a rookie, and we're not going to see that from Baker Mayfield. In fact, we saw Baker celebrate with uh, a teammate after scoring a touchdown, which is something that um, he was criticized for during his college career. And look, he made a lot of impressive throws. I, I know we saw Josh Allen, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And Buffalo do similarly, but I, I just feel like that Baker sort of put his stake in the ground. 
He's not going to start. Hugh Jackson made, has made that clear millions of times already. And I mentioned to you before the podcast, I thought Tyrod played pretty well. Uh, apparently, back shoulder throws are a huge part, part of Cleveland's offense with Todd Haley now. They completed that played like 80% of them. But uh, Tyrod looked good, but I think Baker sort of blew the doors off his performance. The numbers weren't fantastic, but he he made a lot of great throws. He had a touchdown pass to Njoku. I think Tyrod did earlier in, in um, during his uh, brief appearance. But, you know, I, I feel like if we're in the middle of October and Baker isn't starting, either Tyrod is having a spectacular career or, or he's just being stubborn on his way out the door. If if Baker is not starting by October, that means the Browns are at or above 500. They're four and two. Yeah, like I feel like you will. I feel like you will pull the string on to get Baker in there if they're losing to try and save his job. And, and you're right. I thought both guys, both guys look really good. David Njoku is a freak. He's gonna be. He's gonna be awesome this year if he can keep the drops to a minimum. I had totally forgotten that Johnny Manziel. It was August nineteenth, two thousand fourteen. So. Um, Week Last two, week, week three. Yeah, we, I think it was week three because it's talking about Mike Pettin wanted to announce his starter um, Tuesday, but uh, it, he's like he couldn't figure it out. Um, they lost to the the Redskins twenty three twenty four, and, and Johnny, that's right, Johnny flicked off uh, flicked off a bunch of fans, which was really exciting. I with you, you saw Baker Mayfield. He was the difference between him and Manziel to me is that Baker is not afraid to stay in the pocket and try to make throws. He's also he has better anticipation in terms of throwing into tighter windows. Um, he's able to move the pocket to avoid his size becoming an issue, and you can see how he would develop at the next level. But John, I, I'm I still think that the plan is to let Tyrod be Tyrod as long as he can, right? I mean that's what it looks like. Here's the thing: is that I was just as impressed as you guys were with Baker Mayfield, but then. Tyrod Taylor had a phenomenal game. And if that's how it is, every practice where Baker looks good, but Tyrod's better and you're already committed to Tyrod, it's like, why bench him? You've got a quarterback that's clearly better. And that's kind of how it feels right now. But, you know, as you guys were talking about the Browns struggle, it's going to be really easy to bench him. And you look at their first two games with the Saints and the Steelers, and that just has Baker Mayfield's week three name written all over it. So, so John, uh, if they're 0 and 3, what does Hugh Jackson do knowing that he's 1 and 31 coming into the season? Well, I think because you have Todd Haley ready to pull off a coup in Cleveland, uh, I think he's going to have to bench him because he's going to have to bench Tyrod Taylor because there's just going to be so much uh, yelling. There's going to be, it's going to come everywhere. It's going to come from ownership. It's going to come from his coaching staff. And when you're 1 and 33, which he would be at that point, you know, you don't have, your opinion doesn't really mean anything anymore, even if you are the head coach. Like he was saying in Hard Knocks. What did you think about Hard Knocks, by the way? Did you? I like. I liked. The, I liked the first episode, um, but I. I am a little concerned about Hugh Jackson primarily because I think that um, nobody's on the same page as Hugh. That's that's my big thing with the Browns. If there was somebody else coaching that team, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on board with an eight win season. But with Hugh Jackson, I can't get on board with more than six. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, First of all, I had no idea until I was watching the uh, the game tonight, uh, Thursday night, that Pat Shermer played at Michigan State and looked to be a center. What? Was, was that what I was getting from the images? He played alongside Carl Banks at Michigan State, and he looked like he weighed 135 pounds. But I feel like Pat Shermer, who previously coached in Cleveland and went 9-23 and in his stint in Cleveland, that is like Hall of Fame numbers compared to what Hugh Jackson has done. And I just don't know. He, oh, sort so, of, oh, hold on, not to interrupt you. I didn't know. 
Pat Shermer played guard and linebacker his freshman go. season. Guard and linebacker. And he, he, he's like Brinson size. And started yeah. at center the next three seasons. Is Pat Shermer secretly a top five guy in the in the in the NFL coach steel cage death match thing? And we just don't know it. No, he's exactly who we think he is. No, I don't he's, know. He's out one of the first three. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's in longer than Hugh Jackson, but not giving him much more than that. Because he played offensive line 30 years ago at Michigan State. Yeah. But my point is I don't have any faith in Hugh Jackson. Um, Breach sort of hit on it, and you're talking about it. He just doesn't instill a lot of faith. You hear him talk, and you feel like he's forcing it, and which is a weird thing to say because he was so successful previously as an offensive coordinator. He's successful in Oakland as a coach for a period there. Uh, his big mistake was trading for Carson Palmer. Um, and things sort of went south after that. But uh, they just don't have the right guy. And Todd Haley ain't the right guy either, even though you sort of mentioned him creeping up on, on Hughes territory. I don't know who the right guy is, but I want to, I want to think quickly about Baker that sort of reminded me, uh, it's easy to say, but if you're patient and get the right guy and not force every quarterback that comes into the draft down your throat, like Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, you can be successful. Other teams do it, but the, the Browns have been so impatient. And the latest iteration of that is going to be in week three when they fire Hugh Jackson when he doesn't bench Tyrod for Baker. And real quick, Brent, yeah, sure. you mentioned what we you asked what we thought about hard knocks. Here's the thing I hate about hard knocks is that I will be so down on a team going into a season. I'll watch one episode and all of a sudden I'm ready to pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm drafting all their guys on my fantasy roster. And that's what happened this Tuesday. Like you have all these players. You don't really get to see this kind of in-depth stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like, Tyrod Taylor is awesome. Oh my gosh, the Browns defense is amazing. I've got to have like 15 and one. People are sleeping on Jarvis Landry. I got to right, get in right, on Jarvis exactly. Landry. This guy's going to catch a hundred balls for 7,000 yards. Uh, that speech but, was worth seven wins alone. Absolutely. We ran it on the podcast this week, a bleeped out version. It was incredible. Uh, Des Bryant, by the way, tweeted that he is going to visit the Browns very quickly. Give me a good or bad one word answer. Breach. Bad. Wilson. It's good. They're, they don't have anyone. Josh Gordon, when's he coming back? We don't know. Hugh Jackson said more than soon one on Hard Knocks. You want Antonio Callaway, Des Bryant, and Josh Gordon in the same locker room? <laughs> I that mean, was the same, Wilson? Ty, it's better than what Tyrod had last year in Buffalo. How about that? <laughs> Three guys walk into a medical marijuana dispensary. <laughs> we heard the one about. Uh, all right, let's move along to uh, to Andrew Luck, the Colts quarterback, who hadn't thrown a regulation-sized football in 797 days. Or something like that. And I'm just kidding. You threw it around a training camp. And I gotta be honest. I don't know how much of the first couple of series we're recording this around halftime of that game. Jacoby Brissett is in now for the Colts. Um, but the thing that impressed me most about not just Andrew Luck, but the Colts game plan with Andrew Luck was that Frank Reich and that offensive staff clearly had a, 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 a game plan and a setup in mind to let Andrew Luck make easy throws and easy reads and to stay comfortable in the pocket, to not take too many shots and to not have to worry about taking it down the field and people sweating out his accuracy. And the end result I thought was a, was a net positive because luck looked pretty good. He took a shot, one shot on the, um, on the, on the Colts first drive. I think they came away with six total points while he was under center. He went six and nine for 64 yards, and it wasn't, he wasn't opening it up. He didn't, you know, he wasn't throwing it deep, but he did a good job, John, of managing the game. And I think that's a net plus for Indianapolis. Oh, absolutely. Watching this game, I, I'm the person that said this whole offseason that I thought the Colts would go 
0-16. I don't think Andrew Luck's ever going to play until I actually see him throw a football, which we didn't see until training camp. But now seeing him in this game and kind of dicing up the Seahawks with, you know, Frank Reich knows what his strengths are right now. He knows what Luck's strengths are. You just kind of ease him back. And that's exactly what the Colts did. There wasn't anything too difficult. Luck ran the offense to perfection, basically, through the first two drives. I mean, that first drive was a 12-play drive, and that's not anything I would have ever thought we would see from Andrew Luck if you would have asked me six months ago. I didn't even think he would play in the first preseason game as recently as mid-July. So the fact that he did anything, let alone lead these two scoring drives in the first half, uh, I'm just, I'm impressed. I'm blown away. I think the Colts are kind of the dark horse of this whole NFL season because if Andrew Luck is any good at all, they could be a playoff team. Interestingly enough, Wilson, uh, I was talking to RJ White, our editor, about the Colts before this game. And the, the, if you looked up division odds online, the Colts, the AFC South had been pulled offline because people wanted to see how Andrew Luck looked before they would let people bet. And he said he thinks that sharp money drove the Colts division odds from plus 600 down to plus 475. Do you think the Colts can win that division if Andrew Luck is healthy? Uh, that'll be a no. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if we talked about this before, if I've told other people, uh, my dog perhaps. I'm all in on the Texans and Deshaun Watson. And uh, I feel like, okay. what are you stuttering for? Well, I'm all in on another team in that division. Um, and well, I'm all in already, on another team in that division. Frisco's wow. already called dibs on the Jaguars, so you got to pick another oh, I'm team. Not ja- I'm not Jaguars. You're, you're the Titans? I'm the Titans, baby. Who are you, Johnny? I'm, I'm pretty sold on the Jags. Okay. Oh, look at that. So we have all the bases covered. Uh, no, the offensive line's a big issue in Houston. Um, clearly, as Breach described, uh, Andrew Luck's right arm's a huge issue, so we don't know yet how that's going to turn out. I mean, he could be fine. Brian Grickson's gone, thank God. So they're, uh, Ballard's trying to fix the offensive line, which is a huge need for them and part of the reason why um, Andrew Luck didn't play last year. So T.Y. Hilton's going to have a big year. We know all that. But I just feel like the way Deshaun Watson played last year, he's healthy now. He's a month ahead of, of Carson Wentz and his rehab, so he's going to be ready to go. Um, TJ, T, uh, TJ Watt, JJ Watt and Whitney, uh, Whitney Merciless are back. They have Dre Hopkins. So, I mean, for me, this team, if they stay healthy, Bill O'Brien's going to go crazy with Deshaun Watson. And I think that it's going to take the Colts a year to get back to where they were with Andrew Luck, should he be 100% for all the entire season. Um, that's fine. I think they're going to play the role Thanks. of spoiler. I think it'll be, I think they'll be better in that division than the Bills will be in the AFC East, John. Mainly, actually, you know what, Ryan? Well, no, Ryan, you didn't watch the Bills game closely because you wanted to watch your precious little Browns. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got in a fight with Pete Prisco because I was tweeting some Josh Allen jokes. I'll and take I, Prisco. I don't think Pete, <laughs> I don't think Pete gets it. Like, when Josh Allen does dumb stuff, we're going to joke about it. And Josh Allen's going to do lots of dumb stuff because he plays, he's a big, Lunkhead, who's like a, you know, uh, the, the draft, the, not the draft Nick, but like the old school football guy's dream, you know, with a very big arm. You see him throw right. the ball 90 yeah, yards what, down is the field. all in on Josh Allen? All in on Josh Allen. Oh, he's, I didn't know that. He was okay. ripping me. He's like, did you see him play? Moron. It's like, it's like, you know what, Pete? Like, I'm just making a joke that Josh Allen threw the ball 90 yards and it went out of bounds. Okay. Like that's, that's, that's on brand for Josh Allen. But I got to tell you, 
If you go back and look at some of the stuff Josh Allen did against the Panthers, it was actually pretty impressive. And he's not playing against, you know, your, your starters or anything, but he had, to, you could, I mean, you see the stuff where he's zipping balls into w- tight windows. Uh, he was making plays out, running around a little bit, and it's hard not to watch him and, and be tantalized by what he's capable of doing. But John, that might be the problem, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about Baker Mayfield earlier and we were all three of us were impressed with him. And with Josh Allen, I felt like for every play, I thought he looked good. There were three plays where he looked like crap, and I was just thinking, is this guy an NFL quarterback? This guy's going to be a starter. He was a top 10 pick. So I had more of those thoughts than I did, oh, he's going to be an MVP and the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl soon. So, yeah, he went in. Uh, you know, I think he went 9-19. He wasn't accurate. Uh, and like you said, there were a few passes. He threw into tight windows. He did look good at times. But, you know, I'm just not sore on him. And if you ask me watching that game after watching that game, it looks like Nathan Peterman right now is the best quarterback on the team. And I don't know what that says about your uh, quarterback death chart if Nathan Peterman is the best quarterback on your team. But, Breach, you've seen A.J. McCarron play as a Bengals fan. He's below <laughs> Nate. I threw five interceptions in 30 minutes of football, Peterman. Oh, A.J. McCarron. Look, A.J. McCarron had five years to beat out Andy Dalton, and he couldn't do it. And, you know, we know Andy Dalton is the blanket, the scale. If you're worse than Andy Dalton, you're not a franchise quarterback. If you're better than Andy Dalton, you are. A.J. McCarron is way, way below the Andy Dalton line. So, yeah, he's he shouldn't be the starter for Buffalo because if he's starting for Buffalo, we're just right off their season right now. Brunson, isn't Josh Allen the quarterback who has the easiest path to starting, though? Of all the rookies? No, not well. No, no, yes, in terms of the depth chart, but not in terms of week one, in my opinion, because if you look at the, the schedule for the Bills, they get the Ravens, um, Ravens, Vikings, then the Packers in Green Bay, and then the Chargers, and there's no way. Well, who are you rolling out for that? Beaten. Your sacrificial, sacrificial lamb, Nate, Nate Peterman, and then your, <laughs> then your, then your paid sacrificial lamb, AJ McCarron. I mean, look, you're probably going to go one and three in those games, like, at best. I mean, if you go two and two, that's a hero effort by the Bills. So you trot out these veteran clowns. I guess Nate Peterman's a second year guy, but he feels like he's 95 years old. Um, you just hanging around, won't go away. Nate Peterman. Um, yeah, you, uh, but you trot those guys out, let them get beat to a pulp, and then you throw Allen in later in the year. The problem is, again, he's playing against third string guys. He makes those, I mean, I get that it was on fourth down, and so he's trying to make a play happen, but he you, looked average against third string he, guys. He threw the ball with his face in the ground. Like his face is in the ground and he's winding up to like try and throw it down the field. I mean, that's, you, can't, effort, Brenton. you can't do that. Like even among Pete's, Pete was like, Pete's defending people on Twitter. I could be like, it, it was fourth down, idiot. It's like the ball's still in play, Pete. If they take it the other way, it's a touchdown for the other team. You have to, you have to know where to grow up and throw it away or chunk it in the end zone. So I, I don't I know. Saw, I saw him make that first throw, that 90 yard throw or whatever it was. And, and it looked, Breach, who was a quarterback from ECU that played for the Bengals? Uh, Jeff, Jeff Blake. Yes, he reminded me of Jeff Blake and that every pass that Jeff Blake threw, even swing passes, went out of your television screen because it was so high. <laughs> That's Josh Allen's pass. Every pass goes out of your television screen for a couple seconds, and it comes down somewhere. You just don't know where. It's the first tech mobile, man. You just go back and launch it up <laughs> way in the air. I mean, he, he throws it far, man. He can throw it far. He's got to, he's got to wheel it in. He, I thought he, I thought he showed a little bit more accuracy than I expected. Weeks two Jesus. or three will tell us more than we expect. The, uh, the big story might have been coming from the, from the Bills and, uh, Panthers game is the on-field, 
brouhaha between Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin and Cam Newton. Fat Kelvin was sitting there talking with one of his buddies, and Cam comes How up. How dare you? He's come on, I can't stand <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin. That's the biggest. That's the biggest bush league move on the planet to try to go scorch earth on Cam Newton. You're like, if I, if only I'd had. Eli Manning. It's like, also, you have Josh Allen now, man. What do you, like, what do you think you have an accurate quarterback? But he's talking with his boy. Cam comes up. Cam tries to, uh, talk to him and he shushes the other guy away. And then he, it's going on for a little while, like 30 seconds. They're talking and Kelvin finally like turns away and walks off. And Cam does this like by Felicia move and turns and walks away. Uh, this is, it was, it was, uh, it's pretty incredible, right, Breach? I mean, here's the funniest part of this to me is that Kelvin Benjamin's like, hey, I would have been a Hall of Famer if Cam Newton wasn't my quarterback if the Panthers wouldn't draft me, which sounded just so hilariously absurd that no one would ever believe it. But then, then the first quarter of this game, Nathan frickin' Peterman's his quarterback, and he pulls in four catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown, and just torches a Panthers defense that you know didn't want him to go off on them. So, uh, you know, maybe Kelvin Benjamin had a point, and if he goes off this season, I think uh, Cam Newton might have to do some uh, little less trash talking a little soul on the searching. field. A little soul searching for him. Yeah, a little soul searching. A lot of soul searching. Uh, moving on to Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson had a much better performance, Ryan, than he did in the Hall of Fame game, right? Yeah, the Hall of Fame game was up and down. He reminded me sort of a, a mostly, Michael Vick. Mostly down. What's that? Mostly down. Mostly down. Uh, he had a touchdown pass, which is a simple touchdown pass. The interception was terrible. He got sacked three times, which is something that's always weird for a super mobile quarterback uh, who's supposed to be so explosive. I think he ran eight times, something like that, which is also a high number. So you have the downs. There's no real takeaway from a Hall of Fame game. He had, like, literally five practices. And things got better this week, which is what you would expect. I think Joe Flacco finished 5-7, of seven, so he's still the starter. That ain't changing. And I think the only thing we can look forward to Early on is a situation, and you know we've sort of seen it in the off season and in, in uh, training camp, where they're both on the field at the same time doing, you know, as my junior high school basketball coach would call, hooky dooky plays, where you know trick plays. It's just a matter of how long can you run gimmick plays before you sort of get found out. But when you're the Ravens and that terrible offense, I think you run gimmick plays until you are found out. What's the worst that can happen? You average two and a half yards a, uh, a gain a play like you did last year. So I think, yeah, great news. Lamar Jackson uh, had a better showing tonight, but it doesn't mean anything in the scheme of things. I think he can go off in weeks three and four if he plays in week four, and it, it won't really matter in terms of the first month of the season. Uh, I was under the impression you know, when they drafted him that he could be in there starting by you know midway point, but I don't nah, think that's going to happen. And I feel I like so. Joe Flacco finally is, has a fire lit under him. He's, he's awoken from a four-year slumber. Um, whether they're any good is another matter, but I think – Princeton, aren't you huge on the Ravens for some reason? I've got a uh, bet that I placed on the Ravens over for this year at eight wins. And I also have, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys know this because you've been listening to the podcast all week. Um, I'm currently holding, and I'll actually show you because I got it right here. But don't come to my house and steal this because it's going to be worth a lot of money in a few months. Look at this. Ravens to win the Super Bowl 50 to 1. I split this. That's uh, yeah, worth. Uh, Can't wait to get that hundred dollar payout, not two dollar bet. I put uh, twenty twenty five twenty twenty bucks on it. I'm not. I, I mean, I split that it with ticket an needs un- to be one of the prizes yeah. in your uh, pick <laughs> contest. Right, yeah, right. well, three I, minutes with the host or or that ticket. <laughs> I think it's pretty, well, technically, you only get half the ticket. I split it with an unnamed uh, 
unnamed resident of Fort Lauderdale, who I won't mention, um, on the podcast for, for liability purposes. Anyway. Is the Costas his arm tattoo? Uh, no, no, this person was not present in Las Vegas at that point in time. Oh, I see. Yes. By the uh, way, the least surprising thing I saw in your photographs in Las Vegas, Costas having an arm tattoo. That is the least surprising thing on the planet. Uh, or me wearing a seersucker bathing suit. That, that's also not surprising. What Thank were your, God I didn't see What did you think about Lamar, Breacher? I, you know, Lamar, kind of everything Wilson said, uh, he's just so erratic. I don't know what to think of him at this point. He's everything we thought he would be after watching him in college. Uh, you know, there was one play, that nine yard touchdown run where, the Rams had no idea what was going on. It was like they'd never tackled anyone before. Lamar put on a few moves, scored the touchdown. And so he had flashes where he looked awesome and then, uh, you know, just throws that went everywhere and didn't look like a guy that has any business unseating Flacco, you know, early in the season. Maybe the Ravens, and I hope this doesn't happen because of your Super Bowl ticket. <laughs> but if the Ravens are, you know, four and eight towards the end of the season, something like that, you throw Lamar and see what he can do because Flacco's done. But I think right now, Joe Flacco is clearly the better quarterback and you stick with him. And you know what? This team has won 10 preseason games in a row. You should have bet on the Super Bowl. You should have parlayed every single one of their preseason games I and you would have won some serious money Brinson I saw what the you thinking? I you're right I bet on the wrong preseason game tonight I saw the odd chart guys tweeting that out the Ravens are, are white hot that um that's something I could have I could have provided a value to our listeners and said hey here's a here's a preseason I didn't do a good job of that on Thursday the lock I apologize I should have given you some locks for for Thursday night's football games if you want to talking about beer no doubt I, I, I'm not drinking. I'm drinking a beer right now by uh, Brewdog. I'm drinking a Brewdog uh, Coco Psycho, little uh, little stout. Oh, Jesus. Hey, um, I have some breaking news. What's up? Darius Guy says, "quote All is well." Unquote. If I could play a Hallelujah song right now, I would. That is big news for those of us who are on the Alex Smith and the uh, Alex Smith for MVP. And, uh, and hey, that's my train, dude. I'm, I'm the conductor. I said that those boy. of us. I meant to say oh, you sorry. on that. Yeah. And I'm uh, also, on the Redskins I should, I should add, Jay Gruden says he's still getting an MRI tomorrow on That's Monday so, or uh, Friday. So huge news! So, so Darius Geis on. I think it was his only run of the night. It was a great run. It ended very badly for him. Very physical run. He smashes through a bunch of Patriots players, breaks some tackles, and then he gets pulled down and he, he goes down awkwardly. Um, it looked like Ryan he might be hurt. Are you worried about your Redskins love now? Without Darius Geis, I am concerned because he's a big part of that success in the backfield because their running game was atrocious last year. Obviously, that's why they drafted Geis in the second round. And if he's not a part of uh, that team in the near future, that's a big problem for our, I'm using air quotes, uh, Alex Smith for MVP train because he can't do it by himself despite what we saw, uh, all the magic he worked in Kansas. I can't say all this without laughing in Kansas City. But, he, I mean, he's, he's – He's basically, when John was talking about Andrew Luck, they basically swapped positions. Alex Smith's become a deep ball passer who's pretty accurate, and, and now Andrew Luck's captain check down until his arm checks out. But, uh, yeah, they need guys to, to have any success in that offense given uh, how one-sided that offense was last year with Kirby Cousins. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still fine. In fact, I almost like guys get a little banged up because now I can maybe get some value on him. Breach, we're all in on the Redskins. Are you all in on the Bengals this year? Oh, man. After watching this preseason game, you know, sure, Andy Dalton threw a pick six, you know, but I knew that was coming. Dalton's got to get all those out of those out of the system in the preseason. Uh, but I am all in on the Bengals. I want to make a bet that the over under on the Bengals right now is seven wins. 
which I think is absurdly low because I, I think they're at least a lock to go over 500. Maybe nine and seven doesn't get into the playoffs, but, uh, you know, Joe Mixon, now that you have, you, you get Jeremy Hill out of the situation. Uh, John Ross acts, he looked competent against the Bears, which is mind blowing. If, if you followed them at all last season, John Ross was just Marvin Lewis hated him. He was in the doghouse all season. And it was actually his fault on Dalton's pick six against the Bears because uh, he slipped on his route. And it was actually a great throw by Dalton. Uh, so, yes, I am all in on the Bengals as long as John Ross is not slipping on his routes all season. Ryan's trying to talk, but he's muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what's changed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to hear me drinking my uh, my old man drink. So LaCroix, what's changed uh, this year to last year, Breach, other than Jeremy Hill? Uh, well, I think you bring in – yeah. Two new offensive linemen. You know, obviously they traded for Cordy Glenn, uh, drafted Billy Price. So there's your complete turnaround of the offense. And the other thing is the Bengals are kind of stale. So I, I think that, for instance, whatever they play the Patriots, I knew they were going to lose because there's no way Marvin Lewis is going to get out coach Bill Belichick. Just, I would bet all the money. Yeah, but Patriots everyone can say that. No one beats the Patriots. Okay. Well. Anyone can out coach Marvin Lewis. So the difference is now you have fresh minds in there. Uh, you have, a new defensive coordinator, you have an offensive coordinator that's only going to, you know, he's only on the job for 13 weeks last season. Uh, so it's just new blood. And so Marvin Lewis has new people to listen to, uh, and he needs that. Things are getting a little stale in Cincinnati. So uh, I love that they added new coaches, offensive linemen, and they're going to the playoffs, You hurt, and they're going to win a game. Hurt how, many, uh, how many times are they going to beat the Steelers this year? Probably zero, but they're still going to the playoffs. <laughs> that's the most. That's the most bold and most absurd prediction uh, of of the uh, of the year. You got to write that one up as like a bold, absurd prediction. You got to. I, I I don't have any tattoos, but if the Bengals win a playoff game, I will get the date of their win tattoo. Whoa, 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 whoa! Do that again. On my back or my shoulder? You will. Back. Yeah, I will. Get it on your back, AJ McCarron style. All right, that's that's uh we don't have like a bet board, but I'm gonna create one here in my office. If the <laughs> Bengals win a playoff game, John Breach will get the date of the playoff game tattooed on his back or shoulder. Book it. I like this. I, Here's hoping it's on June 9th. And uh and Breach, if if it doesn't happen, you can come on the podcast for three minutes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty. That's pretty fair. <laughs> that's a fair trade off. <laughs> um, okay, I got a team I'm all in on. And uh, we mentioned the AFC South, and I talked about this team previously, but I got to tell you, Derrick Henry looks slimmed down. Marcus Mariota operating smoothly in Matt LaFleur's offense. Corey Davis wasn't even out there. Deion Lewis, I don't, I don't even know if Deion Just Lewis like last year. played a whole lot. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Harold Landry coming off the edge, a stout secondary. And my goodness, the Tennessee Titans uniforms look fantastic on TV. I'm all in on the Titans. I got them to win the AFC South. I got taken their over at eight and a half games or eight games or whatever it is. And I might put them somewhere obnoxiously far in the playoffs. Uh, worth noting they're currently losing 31 to 10 to the Packers. That's preseason. Who cares? Are, are we talking like AFC title game? Cause that would be obnoxiously far. <laughs> Nobody's going to remember. That's, that's tattoo talk breach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will, if the Titans do indeed make the Super Bowl, I will move my family to Nashville. How about that? We'll be neighbors. Yeah, I'll move in with your with with you in Nashville, John. Uh, no, oh, it's perfect. I, so my I was tweeting with uh, John Ledyard about this uh, earlier, but 
and I've said this a bunch on the podcast, but I, 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 maybe I need to be louder about it. It's not the Bears that are the, the new Rams. It's the Titans that are the new Rams. That's Why what, is that? They got, first, first of all, they got LaFleur, who's our, um, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan disciple. Um, I'm not saying he'll be, I'm not saying he'll be McVay or Shanahan, but I mean, he's coming from that lineage and people think highly enough of him to do that. Second of all, you're getting the dead counts, dead cat bounce off Mike Malarkey. Third of all, you've got a running game that has Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, who are nice complimentary backs, but can also do pretty much everything you need. Uh, you have, you have a decent enough core. I think Corey Davis is better than people think. The secondary is just good. I don't, why do you hate Corey Davis? He had good games. I don't hate him, but he has to be better than what we think. He was atrocious last year. No, he wasn't atrocious. He was just hurt. I mean, I I would, I would actually buy that for Marcus Marietta more than Corey Davis because I feel like he was probably hurt last year and he could be a lot better. But I would like, I have to see because he hasn't been great yet. Marietta or Davis? We know Davis hasn't. Marietta. Yeah, no, no, look, Mariota needs to be great, but he's been in a crap offense his entire career, and he finally might have a good offense. They have a good offensive line. Their secondary stout. I like the Titans. I think they can win that division. I think they can make a, uh, a run. So what do you think about that? I, uh, I, I don't, I was, we were high on the Texans, so you don't hate it. No, I like the Deion Lewis edition. That's huge. Malcolm Butler has something to prove, so we'll see if that pans out. But, um, you know, sort of like what happens every time a coach gets hired, he comes from somewhere else, they bring in all their old players. The, the, unfortunately for Sean McDermott, he's bringing in some Panthers players that aren't working out, Kelvin Benjamin. Mike but if, if you're Mike Vrabel, you bring in some Patriots players, you probably have a better chance. Uh, Logan Ryan was, here, was there before he got there. So, I mean, this could work out. And I think you mentioned um, the running backs other than, than um, Deion Lewis. There's also Marcus Mariota, who's sort of the starting point, but he can also do things with his feet. And I just hope that he's healthy and he can play like he's supposed to play because he, you want to like Marcus Mariota, but I just didn't see a whole lot last year that convinced me that he was who we thought he was. Are you, I'm going to give you your all in chance here, Ryan, because Breach is all in on the Bengals. I'm all in on the Titans. You can be all in on Saquon Barkley, the number, I believe, eight overall pick by Tom Brady's dad bod. In the NFL editorial fantasy league, you went Saquon Barkley, uh, as your, as your first, first ever fantasy pick. What do you think about that? First ever. I came in second in the CBS Sports Fantasy Football League three years ago, but I haven't played before or since. So, uh, yeah, here's what, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was literally hiking with my family when it was my turn to pick and I didn't have internet access. So I had to text you who to take and you told me, who'd you tell me to take? <laughs> Wayne Crabat, I believe is who you told me to take. <laughs> So I didn't take Wayne Cravat. I had to uh, sort of scramble, and uh, I got Saquon. And his first run tonight was 30-something yards, and he juked out half the Browns' defense, and he looked really good. And then now your hope becomes, and this is why fantasy football is terrible, your hope becomes please don't get injured, Saquon, because my $20 relies on you staying healthy and running all over the place. But he looked great. I mean, he is he looks like part Joe Mixon, part Le'Veon Bell. Part Zeke Elliott. Uh, part who? Part Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I mean, just everything, but like taken to the ten. Those players are nine point five. He seems to be a ten on all, on all phases. We'll see. It was one game. Get the Browns. The Browns are terrible. So um, I think Saquon's gonna be a big part of of any success the the Giants have. I like um, Pat Shermer a lot. Certainly better than McAdoo, who uh, you know has the art shell million mile stare and, and no real sort of sense of what's going on. But uh, we'll see. So Saquon, 
Yeah, I like him. Are you? What is your team name in this league, Breach? Are you Le'Veon Levita Loca? I am. Okay, that makes sense. I would have pegged you That's for that. That's a good name. And I'm uh, I'm surface level clowns named after uh, Costos. JLC <laughs> and Prisco, who who I'm 100 percent sure you stole that. That's a great name. No, so. it's my line. I it's, I used it on this very podcast. Uh, Breach. Anyone else you're all in on or all out on based on week one preseason, or anybody else that you're you, know, you, you don't have to be all in, but you can be lukewarm on somebody if you want. Um, out on Iggy Azalea. I'll tell you that. <laughs> who did she break up with? I didn't recognize that person. No, I, I, she fake dated DeAndre Hopkins for like 24 hours. Oh, is that DeAndre That's, Hopkins? I thought it was someone else. Okay. That who? to me is like the craziest story besides the Kelvin Cam Newton thing. Like who goes on radio and says they're dating someone and then the next day they both deny it. Okay. But besides Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> Besides Iggy, I think I am out on the Dolphins. I know a lot of people like them. They played tonight. We didn't talk a lot about them. Uh, but just I watched a little bit, and sure, Ryan and Tannehill hasn't played in like 600 days. But you know how we just said, hey, Andrew Luck hasn't played in a year and a half, and we are impressed with how he looked on the field? I had the opposite feeling with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so I, I'm just out on the Dolphins. And Ryan, their season off already. The NFC or the AFC East is up. It's not a two-horse race. It's a one-horse race, and the Dolphins are just the, the horse in the back that's going to finish in last place in that division. It's a three-horse race for last. Uh, it is. It, that's exactly what it is. You know, I I don't I don't want, I'm not calling out um, Dolphins beat writers. I mean, I sort of am, but I mean, like I lo- like B- Adam Beasley's our boy. Like I, I like I text with Beasley regularly. I love Beasley. I think I don't know if he I, you might listen to this podcast. I don't know if he listens daily, but I always feel like every year Dolphins beat writers are more optimistic about their team than anyone else. Do you, do you get that sense too? It is curious because other beat writers, like the Browns beat writers know what, what's going on. Yeah. Steelers beat writers are unbelievably pessimistic, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So you wonder what are Dolphins, maybe the like the, the great weather and walking around South Beach and seeing girls in bikinis has a sort of a skewed sense of reality and that everything's going to be okay with Miami, the, the Dolphins, but year in and year out, they're they're a disaster. And you were talking about, by the way, um, the new OC in, in Tennessee. What's happened to Adam Gase? He was the, you know, the next coming of offensive masterminds and that thing crashed and burned like nobody's business. I, I think Adam Gase is a good lesson in why it's important to pick your spot as a head coach. And, um, maybe you don't always take the first job that is open to you. Uh, I got but this shouldn't be a terrible job though. I don't, what has Mike Tannebaum done that's smart? Left New York. We got fired. He was fired, but that's not the <laughs> right. Point. Right. I mean, every year they just churn the roster a little bit, and it never gets any better. Um, I, I think Minka Fitzpatrick will help the team, but I, I'm with you on Tannehill. I don't know if I can be in on him. I kind of like the Dolphins over at six and a half, but not. I don't love it. And they do get Dolphins winning more games. Breach. Who's winning more games? The Dolphins or the Raiders? Oof, that is just an impossible question. But right now. I'm gonna go with the Raiders because I'm so low on the Dolphins. I took wow. the um, I took the Raiders under in Vegas too. By the way, what, what, what was the number? Eight, no juice. Here's the thing: is that I just think they're a big mystery with Gruden, and so they're gonna run the ball 60 times a game, and they're gonna average four points a game. And they might win their games four to two because the only you know the Chargers and Broncos both have really good defenses, but you know John Gruden's probably just drawing up some silly stuff, and somehow it's gonna work because he's. Crazy Gruden, and uh, you know, 
Maybe they win eight games, and the Dolphins oh, win like five. You know who I might be in on after tonight, after just one play? Uh, Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott. Against the 49ers, I think he beat Jimmy Ward for a touchdown. Nothing nothing too crazy, but uh, – Hey, Brent, uh, Brent, let me remind you. I can't remember the, the wide receiver's name because he's long since out of the league. Do you remember maybe four years ago, three years ago, there was a big preseason game by this Dallas wide receiver, and you spent – 4,000 words, Jarnett plays. Do you yeah, remember that? Who yes. was that guy? Oh my God, who was that guy? That was the first exactly. year. Exactly. No, no, no. It was, the, <laughs> I, I remember doing that. I, I took like an hour and did a film breakdown of why he would be good. He's like, he was out of the league in like two weeks. That was the first year they had, uh. <laughs> That's right, a, you were so happy. It was the first year they had Game Pass and like all 22 available. So I was like, look how they're using this guy in the slot. How do you remember that? Son of a Because it was so absurd, even my Brents and Standers, that it's been burned <laughs> in my memory. Uh, Go figure out who it is, and uh, we can talk about it the next time we talk next week. Um, all right. Uh, I need a pick for the next two games. Um, I'm told that we're supposed to gamble in the preseason. Or you, Oh, my God. Did you know you can bet on the second half of preseason games? The over-under for the Colts Seahawks in the second half is 17. Wow. Um, I need you guys to give me a best bet over the next, you got four games to do it. Jets minus three and a half hosting the Falcons. Raiders minus three hosting the Lions. Broncos is a pick em against the Vikings or the Cardinals minus two and a half against the Chargers. I will give you my best bet so you can think about it because I, I sprung this on you. Um, I noticed via my friends at Odd Shark that uh, a trend in the NFL preseason, Minnesota 11 and 4 against the spread in its last 15 preseason games. I'm going to chalk that up to Mike Zimmer being sort of a psychopath and aggressively playing his players and always going to win. So I'm going to take the Vikings as a pick in Denver. That's Saturday night at 9 p.m. Perfect time to be a total creep who's betting on the preseason. Give me the Vikings to cover a uh, pick them in the preseason. What say you, Breach? Uh, what was that Chargers Cardinals spread? Cardinals minus two and a half against the Chargers in Arizona. I am going to take the Chargers mm. because here you were just talking about Zimmer going crazy. And here's kind of my thought process betting on preseason games. The team that has the better death, this is why I would have bet on the Ravens today. If you have a strong or a good quarterback depth chart, we knew we were going to see Flacco, Lamar Jackson, RG3, and that's a pretty stacked, you know, RG3 in the fourth quarter against uh, some guy who is going to be working at Foot Locker, you know, <laughs> in September. I'm going to take RG3. And so you look at the Chargers. They have Phillip Rivers. He'll probably play a series or two. Cardell Jones and Geno Smith. You know, I think a lot of people forget about Geno. I think Geno will probably see some extensive playing time and Chargers – Pretty stacked on defense, even with their second team. So I'm going to take the Chargers covering, winning, winning outright against the Cardinals. Mm, I like it. Who you got, Ryan? What are the other two games? I'm trying to find these games. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all you need to know. Um, yeah. Jets minus three and a half against the Falcons and the Raiders minus three against the Lions. Wait a second. When are these games? I'm looking at the schedule for week two in preseason. Uh, week I'm, one. I'm looking at a proprietary betting site. Oh, week one. We're still in week one. I thought we were Friday we were so many, games. Friday so games. Many games Saturday. Played. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm I'm back. 
Good lord, I'm like an old man trying to find his way home. Now, how do you plug in? time on a computer. How do you plug in the router? <laughs> All right, tell, tell me, the, tell me the, the two that I asked for again. Now that my brain's on uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Jets minus three and a half at home against the Falcons. Oh, okay. And the uh, Raiders minus three against the Lions. Ugh, I'm not taking the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets because, number one, I don't know if Josh McCown will play. He's older than I am, so he may not be physically fit to do it. But I want to see Teddy Bridgewater, and I feel like Teddy Bridgewater has something to prove. The Falcons are sort of like, in my mind, the Eagles were on Thursday night. And there's – what do they have to, sh- to prove? The, the Eagles didn't show up. They didn't play anyone. Um, the Falcons – uh, Matt Ryan said earlier this week that the offense is already better than it was a year ago. So they're sort of where they need to be. The Jets have a lot of things to fix. And uh, there's conversations Sam Darnold could be the starter. So the sort of Darnold versus Bridgewater dynamic will be at work. Uh, uh, Darnold got into camp early enough where it's not going to be a situation where he'll have to miss time. If he'd missed a, a week or two holding out, that could be an issue. So, uh, yeah, I want to see what the Jets do. I feel like um, – you know, we're talking about things to prove in the in the preseason. I think they have need to come out and play well. Todd Bowles is coaching for his job, uh, so I'll I'll take the Jets. I like it. All right, we uh, went way past our time. That's fine. This is a, this is kind of a long podcast now. Now that the season is here, I don't know if people are going to be okay with that. But yeah, you know, whatever we're going to do, we're going to talk about football preseason week one in the books. We gave you some locks um, for next week. We might even uh, we'll, we'll ask Ryan who he thinks the best daily fantasy plays are, but we won't tell him when we're going to ask him. So he, has yeah, to come, so he has to come up with the best daily daily fantasy plays in the preseason for week two. Um, follow John Breach at John Breach on Twitter. Follow Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson underscore seven. Follow come me on. at Will Vincent and follow the podcast at Pick Six Pod. Thanks, guys. Thank you.